Hello there and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday afternoon, August 30th, 2021. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft, singer of songs, winner of Myriad Fantasy Leagues. Kyle Soppy guards our galaxy, produces, researches. He does just about everything. He doesn't boo, though. And I'm merely Eric Carabell. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Tristan, I have a question for you. If halfway during the show, I'm not uh, happy with your performance and I boo you, what will your reaction be? Will you give a thumbs down? We're on a squad cast here so I can see you, you know, when you dance around. So if I boo you during the show, will your reaction be one of contempt or will you be like, yeah, I probably deserve that. I'm just curious. How's it going to go? I'll just refuse to sing. How's that? That that way I know you won't boo me. See now, <laughs> Listeners will boo me if I sing, but you know. You know, in that case, you have all the leverage because the only reason people are listening to the show is for your singing. So if the if my booing you means you refuse to sing, then we don't have a show. And that's the end of it. Okay. Win win. Yeah, win win. There. I got it. I don't see I don't see how it's a win win. <laughs> win win for me, not for anyone else. No, nobody would boo us. Uh and that part, uh. the, that part of the discussion, listen to Buster's show. I'm sure they discussed that and the marvelous Metropolitans. We're going to talk about some important stuff in the fantasy baseball world, and we'll start with Starling Marte, who just continues to run wild. And I've got him in a couple leagues, including one where I traded for him before the trade from Oakland uh, or, you know, from Miami to Oakland. And I I continue to be amazed by what he is doing. Um, 20 stolen bases with two different teams, which has never been done before in the same season. Uh, With Oakland right now, 28 games, 342 batting average, um, two home runs, 20 steals in as many attempts. He's also going to be 33 next year. So part of what we're trying to do here on this show for the final weeks, final five weeks, is not only set you up to win titles this year, but to win titles next year. What's Starling Marte next year? Is he a second round pick? Is that too early? Is that too aggressive? Because he is 33 and 33 year olds, other than Ricky Henderson, generally don't steal bases this late in their careers to this degree. He's going to steal 50 bases right now. It's very rare. He, he is. I mean, 20 steals in 28 games for the Oakland A's reminds me of another Oakland A's outfielder who stole an awful lot of bases. I mean, it seriously is a Ricky Henderson-like pace. Uh, it, it's great to see him doing this. It's great to see him doing it on a team that has been known this century not to give green lights all that often, but they're recognizing the ability that he has. His sprint speed has been consistently good. Uh, it's actually not one of the top shelf ones right now, but I think it's in the n- near 90th percentile. Starling Marte is the guy that I throw the number 25 overall every year. He's a great roto pick, top 25 caliber player. Second round, maybe. I don't think that's true. 25 seems a little aggressive. I don't think anybody was ranking him 25th this year. Do you? Do you you ranked him there before the season? I'll have to check to be sure. I thought he was more like fourth round. He's Uh a 25 overall guy. He's been year after year. He's been perennially underrated as a guy who gives you... Decent pop and a ton of steals. But he is going to be 33. And from yeah. what I know about you, you tend to start to, you know, not uh, not discount these guys so much. But mm-hmm. I'm not booing you. But, like, at some point, he's going to not be able to run. And his power output this year is, is below average for him. It's nine home runs and 39 runs batted in. And we can't expect him to bat 317 since he had never done that before. So give me the numbers on Martin. Now, we don't know where he's going to play next year. But give me the... I mean, the general numbers. I mean, wouldn't you have said going into the season, like 12 home runs, 30 steals, something like that, 280? Very likely, yes. Um, I, I've felt like he's been capable of getting into the double digits in power, 15 being the top end. Um, I don't think he if, he... if his season ended today, he had 42 steals. I'm not sure he matches that next season. It's fair to point out that if you use metrics like StatCast sprint speed, he has lost a couple of ticks over the past half decade just as you'd expect with the aging curve. It's wise to say he gives you 30 steals, 12 homers, and that's the reason for me. I'm not going to aggressively take him in the second round. Uh, preseason, by the way, okay, yeah, yeah, to your point, 42nd overall for me. I mean, 25 to 40 is probably the right range for him in general. It was last Large year. It was range. the year before that. <laughs> I, no, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to be just, really. you know, mean. I just think that 25 is aggressive. I don't think I did it either, and I like him, but I thought he went late 30s something like that. And right now he's the number four player on the player Raider and Whit Merrifield's number five, which speaks only to the fact that their stolen base total gets overrated by our player Raider points league would be mm-hmm. a better way to gauge, um, you know what they're doing this season. Points leagues is our base. And in a points league, Marte can't be the number four fantasy player right now. 
Um, if it loads, I'll tell you what he is. But the point is that like it, our player rater does, I think, overrate a guy st- stealing so many more bases than everybody else. Like I'm up 30 steals in one of my leagues. I can't trade any away. There's nothing to trade away. So um, yes, I do not see, oh boy, I don't see Marte in the top, in the top 20 in points leagues. For, for my God. Yeah. Th- and this is the thing. Marte is 50. not he's a top 50 hitters. He's, he's not the kind of guy and he's never been the kind of guy you want in points leagues. And we've got to point out that 9.4% walk rate is a career best. And even with that, he is not performing in points leagues for you. And the reason is that he's not getting a lot of extra base hits that pads some of the points, not a top 50 player there. As a matter of fact, you can make the case he's not even been a top 100 player in general in points leagues through the course of his career. Maybe this year and maybe next year he is. But for the course of his career, he's been a borderline top 100 points league player. I have to admit, I did not expect to see him as the number 65 hitter mm-hmm. in points leagues, where in Roto Leagues, he's the number four player. There can't be anybody else with a split like that, even Witt. I mean, I guess Witt could, is the same because Witt has the same numbers as Marte, same power. But Witt delivers a little bit more in terms of extra bases. He's had a reputation for being better in terms of the plate discipline numbers. They're probably comparable this year because of Marte's improvements, but Witt has always been a better points league player of the two of them. Roto is the area in which you're exploiting the best from Sterling Marte. You want batting average account. You want to not care about strikeouts. You want to not yeah. care about walks. Wow. Witt is number like 15. That I don't understand the difference. They have the same steals. It's 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 obviously strikeouts is a difference, Mm -hmm. walks is a difference, Mm -hmm. but man, that's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Witt is a lot more valuable than Marte. All right, so in a points league, is our Witt would be like a fifth round pick, and Marte would be like a tenth round pick in a points league at best. I think I think I could make you the case that Sterling Marte is at worst a tenth round pick in points leagues, but not by much. All right. Uh, we have a new leader on the player Raider. I mean, we're talking about how the player Raider makes no sense, but like Trey Turner is now ahead of Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, barely. And Shoei Otani is right there. And so is Martin Whit- Whit- Merrifield. Like basically the race for the player Raider number one spot is wide open between those five players. And Walker Bueller is the first pitcher. He's going to win the NL Cy Young, I believe. Um, Otani has the most points, obviously, in, in points leagues. But uh, Vlad is the number one hitter. Jose Ramirez two, Freddie Freeman three. So it's kind of interesting. Like it's not what you would expect in a lot of, you know, Cedric Mullins is number is number eight overall on the player writer. What a season for this guy. What a year. Mm-hmm. What a year. Anyway, I love watching Starling Marte and what he's doing. He's basically he's just decided to steal more bases for a for, yep. for a team that's in it. Yep. Um, which is awesome. And he's been I mean, the 20 for 20 is amazing. <laughs> No, it's it's. Oh, it's, by the way, actually, actually, he should have. He should be nineteen, nineteen for twenty-one. There's no question. He's nineteen for twenty-one in the reality of things. But in the stat sheet, because of that call, he's twenty for twenty. You saw that play, right? <laughs> I can't believe. I, I shouldn't say this. I, I've seen some unbelievable umpiring this season, and maybe you know, I'm not saying it's easy to be an umpire, mm-hmm. but I've seen some unbelievable umpiring. I want robot umps. I mean, you're either safe or you're out. There's enough video evidence to know that that play, he was out. Yeah. He was clearly out. And then the next one was almost like a makeup play because it was also clearly the wrong move to overturn it. So this is the Saturday day, uh, Saturday game we were talking about. Um, and if you're sending it to New York for video review and can't even get the call right on that one, when the people wrong. watching on TV, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know how you get it wrong. Yeah. I, I want I want a strike zone, you know, to look good, to look mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I want robot umps. I do. Anyway, that's our lead, Starling Marte going wild. And we're mm-hmm. going to spend a little bit more time with some of the other stuff, like the pitchers and some other hitters. I mean, the most added list, you know, it doesn't excite me. Tyler Naquin, um, Patrick Wisdom, who I believe we're going to discuss a little bit later in the show. Let me look and make sure that's true. It's, if not, we'll do well, it now. The, the context now shifts to opportunity. You need to lean more on schedules, weekly schedules, the next couple of days. That's where the, the – every time I look at the most added list, that's where we're headed. Wisdom, like you said, we'll get into, falls in that category. All right, then let's move it along to combo meals now. Sing it, please. Hey, it's a combo meal. Combo, combo. It's a combo meal, home run plus steal. 
It sure is. And these players were making moves last week. And Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Three of them since our last show. Raphael Devers, he's good. Bradley Zimmer, hmm, and Juan Soto on Sunday. Um, what are you doing with Bradley Zimmer? Is he interesting enough to you to be rostered in a 10-team standard league, points or roto? Or is he not interesting to you? He is not interesting enough to me to get into a 10-team tier. Uh, maybe in the AL only leagues, but there just isn't enough pop in his bat, and he's got a major injury-prone reputation. So you're, you're trying to take the steals if you can get him in an AL only league. You know, Devers is doing fine this year. Second round pick next year for you? Yeah, I think he might have been for me this year, wasn't he? No, 29th overall. He was a third round pick. Third round pick. Soto's going to be. I love top. Devers. You know, Devers is a fan. I know you love Devers. Soto, I think, you know, what's your top three overall next year? Have we done this lately? I mean, yeah. Tatis, Soto, Otani. Is there anybody else in the conversation for you? Or is Otani not in the conversation for you at all? Tatis and Soto are the first ones that come to mind. I probably would. Actually, I know I would put Trey Turner ahead of Otani. Okay. So those would be, yeah, Tati Soto and Turner in some order are going to be my one, two, three. It's I actually, I think yeah. I might, I think I might well go with Soto number one. I, I, He's the best hitter now. Yeah, that's the thing. Safest in batting still- average, but he, you know, he might end up stealing like eight bases a year. Yeah. Whereas Satis is like a potential 40-40 guy. Acuna would be a potential 30-30 guy. We think he's going to miss a little bit of time next year. That's why he's not in our top five. But, I mean, if you wanted to tell me Acuna is your number 10 player, I probably wouldn't argue it. I don't think he's going to miss considerable time. Do you? I, I also don't think anyone who puts him in the top three should be criticized for doing it. Because if you want to take the optimist outlook on skills, okay, I buy okay. All right. Let's move it along now. And I'm going to record this. It's the closer carousel. It's the closer carousel. I recorded that on my phone. Oh no! I want to have something to remember. You know, who knows? It could never always be our last show. You know. Oh no! We got to talk about Alex Reyes because the walks have finally caught up to this guy, and you know the Cardinals are still kind of in it in the wild card race for the second wild card in the National League. I mean, Reds right now lead the Padres. Everybody assumes Padres, but I. You know, I had to answer a question today from the MLB team about which team is most, which team team currently in playoff position is most likely to miss out. Mm -hmm. And everybody has to pick Reds will lose out to the Padres. But I don't really believe that's going to happen. I really don't. Like, I think the Cardinals might catch the Padres. The Padres schedule is is very tough. Now, it's tough to to pick the Cardinals to catch anybody when they don't have Jack Flaherty. And now they're changing closers probably to Giovanni Gallegos. But and their lineup, you know, Carlson, who knows? It, it's 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 an interesting team. It's like the Phillies. It's a 500 team. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to say that Oakland was going to catch Boston. But without Bassett and with Trevino struggling at the back end, yeah. um, you know, I really couldn't do that. So I'm not sure there's going to be any excitement <laughs> for the playoff race, really. You know, maybe Yankees catching the Rays. I, I made a bold statement, which will be will be shown on the MLB page one of these days, probably Wednesday. Anyway, your thoughts on St. Louis. You know, not only that Alex Reyes may have lost the closer role this weekend, finally, but what's his role next year? And where would you rank him? Oh, I like it. Yeah, because I still wonder whether the Cardinals have designs on trying to get him a starter's career. You never know. You never know. I know. Uh, they wanted I, to be a starter. I, I, I think that their desires aren't matching the reality. I think Reyes might be locked at this point in his career to being a good short reliever. And maybe next year he's more equipped to to hold up over the 162 game schedule. They've managed him a lot better over the past several weeks. I mean, you, you, you mentioned uh, Gallegos. Gallegos has thrown six and two thirds more innings for the year. He's uh, in similar numbers of appearances. So this isn't about health. This is about performance. This is he's the right-handed Jose Alvarado. You can't walk everybody and get away with it all. Right, long. but but I I wonder whether the injury history and the inability to rack up innings means that he's having some fatigue at this stage. Now, yeah, he walked guys all year, but it's really coming back to bite him now. I won't draft him next year either. Role. I think um, they try to make him a starter and then he gets hurt or they leave him in the bullpen, but he can't get away with these walks. And I think if Giovanni Giovanni Gallegos was a closer, he could be as good as Ryan Presley. He could be Matt Barnes. He could be a top 10 closer, borderline top 10 closer. So to me, he's a must add right now. 
for the rest of this season. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be very interesting if he's their closer next season. It's an yeah. obvious opportunity. It certainly is. He's up to it skills wise. 088 whip. Last year was 087. The year before that, I was 081. We have a pattern here with Giovanni Gallegos. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not giving up homers. He's hard to hit. He's, he's yeah. terrific. He One should have been few- the closer all year. He really should have been the closer all year. If they chose to make him the guy, they drop in the high leverage spots. I get it. But he's one of the few who's been consistent year over year. We said on that last show that not a lot of relievers do that. He does. Um, anyone else that we need to discuss? I mean, A's, Alex Colome, Like you said. The A's. I think, yeah, I think Trevino may have lost the job. He's only pitched twice in like the last 10 days, which told me he's hurt. So I have him in a, a weekly league where I have two relief pitcher spots. And I actually activated Alex Colome for the first time since April into a spot ahead of Lou Trevino. And I, I'm, I'm playing for first. I have a shot in that league. And I decided that Trevino was too risky at this point. Um, they gave Andrew Chafin the save last night against the Yankees. Sergio Romo had a save over the weekend as well. He pitched it's- not quite as well, but he was called on to close when Trevino should have been available. So what do you do here? Do you, do you leave Trevino active this week? I would not because they made a distinct point over the weekend that they were moving away from him due to his recent struggles and the way he has been pitching. It is the right thing to do uh, strategy wise. I don't recall Oakland's schedule off the top of my head. No, I was I, checking where the Yankees were with that. Don't I'm trying to recall dig my own team's schedule off the top of my head. I think they're in Washington, but the Oakland. point, the point there is, and there's certain teams that have only five mm-hmm. games this week, which also factors in, right? Is, at Detroit for three, and then at Toronto for three. The Toronto ones scare me away. I'd sit him. Would you actually activate Colome like I did? I, I Colome Sewell, and I decided to activate Colome. I can still switch that, actually. The games haven't started. But I, I'm not sure Sewell's going to get all the saves for Seattle. And then right. they're in Houston, which scared me a little bit. So, Yeah. And the at Arizona one, while that's thought of as a favorable matchup, pitching in that park against that lineup, which does have the occasional guy who can threaten a pitcher there, uh, yeah, it's not as great a matchup as you. They had Sewell setting up second rider. Mm-hmm. I think it was Saturday. Well, that's just their fluid roles. Um, Colome at Detroit today, two Cubs games, then three Cubs. Tampa. Good pitching Ball. environment. Cubs are good like schedule. Ball, Cubs are like Baltimore right now. Yeah, yep. That that that's how bad things are for that team. Mm-hmm. You know, and now they'll fix it in a year or two. But um, anyone else? Chad Green. I mean, Yankee situation is now set. Right, the lefty. The angry lefty's back. He's fine. I don't know that I'd say he's fine, but he's Chad improved. Green, Johnny Lasagna. Somebody tweeted me that Johnny Lasagna is actually what Yankee fans call Loisaga, which mm-hmm. I didn't even know about. How do I not know that? It's like you don't know a Yankee fan or something. I don't think I do. You're a, you're not a Yankee. You're aren't you a Mets fan? Oh no, you are going. You are going where the bias cat belongs now. Oh my fun fun. The bias fun. cat's been punted off this show for the Mets fandom thing from years back. So don't join him. <laughs> Take a look at the schedule now, and let me ask you about Corey Kluber. I mean, what do you do here? You can't activate him in a weekly, but do you even use him in a daily? What's the pitch count? What are your expectations for the final five weeks? Corey Kluber's uh, back today at the Angels. Yeah, and then he's going to get Baltimore at home the next time. I didn't check how far out it is after that. Uh, No chance I could start him. I don't think he's going to pitch deep enough into this game. He also was not all that sharp in the uh, rehab appearances. Velocity wasn't back. I know velocity doesn't matter so much with him that as it does with other pitchers, but if you saw how he did before the no-hitter earlier in the year, he's a little off and on. I need to see evidence. I need to see a start or two that are quality before I start him. So it's a wait and see total. You you could are you starting him at all? Like you have any optimism here for him? I mean, I have optimism on everybody, you know, friends, foes, <laughs> baseball players. So you're starting him on your fantasy team? No, absolutely not. Soon? There, I, I, I'm certainly I'm certainly not doing it today because I can't say right. I'm going past like 50 or 60 pitches. But I, I would think about it this weekend against Baltimore. Baltimore's so bad. Yeah. But Baltimore scores runs. You know, that's the thing. Yes. All of Baltimore's losing is the pitching. Same mm-hmm. with the Cubs right now. Yeah. Baltimore's scoring runs. Yeah. They got a lineup. So, but no, I the chances of me using Kluber at all, I don't have him anywhere. I wouldn't, I I, I you know, the next injury is right around the corner. It's still a shoulder. Oh. Ouch. <laughs> um, Chris Flexen is at home tonight for Seattle against Houston. And Chris Flexen's actually been pretty good in August, 2.59 ERA. Uh, but Houston hit him hard the last time they faced him. Mm-hmm. He's facing Luis Garcia, 
who is running out of time. I believe Jose Urquidy will replace Garcia in the rotation maybe in a week or two, but not today. Um, certainly Garcia is rostered everywhere. Should Flexen? Would you use Flexen? I would. And a lot of that is he's going to go deeper than a typical pitcher. I mean, he, as long as he pitches effectively, he will go deeper. He will throw more pitches than the typical pitcher. It's a home game. That helps. ESPN has a doubleheader. Uh, Nick Pavetta and Luis Patino is the first game at 710. Mm-hmm. Um, can't say I would recommend either for a 10-team league. And then Drew Smiley and Julio Urias in the nightcap Atlanta at the, the Dodgers. And it looks like the Dodgers like held out Urias for this series which is interesting, yes. not for an, a potentially more important series that they just had. So interesting stuff there. Can you sell me on Pavetta Patino? Either one? Not really, no. I mean, the Pavetta case would be the fact he's pitching in that pitcher's ballpark, and it's an extreme one. Patino, just, I think there's great talent down the road, probably not in this game against Boston. Chris Paddock's back from the uh, injured list at Arizona. I'd certainly be more uh, more likely to use Paddock here than Kluber, but you know Arizona. Yeah, I don't know. I, I watched Arizona's offense up close this weekend against the Phillies, and I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? There's there's not it's not that bad. You know, I mean, Walker's starting to hit. Pavin Smith could be a good player. Pavin Smith Pavin Smith gives me a Michael Brantley vibe. I could see a three ten batting average with twenty homers from Pavin Smith soon. Is that that crazy? Not crazy. I don't. Yeah, it's it's not star caliber numbers, but I mean the 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 positional flexibility is a big help. I think he keeps a regular job, puts up decent numbers. Tuesday's first game is scheduled for what? Is this the Mets game? What's going on here? The, I, uh, I know this isn't Mets like a, a fluid situation. Give me like what you can without cursing about what's happening here <laughs> with the Miami Mets game for Tuesday because it says the first game of the day is six forty St. Louis Cincinnati, but that is not true, is it? What what am I, the profanity king or something? The, no, the Mets, but I mean, people need to know what's going to yeah. happen here. So tell the them Mets, what's actually going to happen, but but we have no blame whatsoever. So Well, I understand exactly why it's happening. The Mets made this decision while they were playing the Marlins in April on the 11th to start a game that only got underway for about 11 pitches and was in the first inning. So that game was suspended and is now going to take place on Tuesday. And it's going to be effectively a doubleheader between the Mets and Marlins. The problem is because it was a suspended game, that first game is not going to count in fantasy. It's been too long. According to our game's rules, it's not going to count. Somebody's going to pitch that game, and it's probably going to be Edward Cabrera and Taiwan Walker. So keep that in mind if you have them. Wait, they, wait, wait. Prob- they played like one out in that game. They played like one out. But according to the suspension rules of a game, a suspended game that goes longer than eight days in between its suspended status doesn't count in the stats. You've got to be kidding me. That's a head-to-head thing. Okay. I'll leave it at that. And and here's the worst. I don't know which one the – like the Marlins are throwing Edward Cabrera and Elijah Hernandez for these two games. I don't know which one is pitching that first game. (laughs) So imagine what it's like for the forecaster. (laughs) Just remember when you tweet people, we do nothing. All we do is talk for 45 minutes twice a week, and once in a while we write. We have nothing to do with any of this stuff. Check check the forecast. We'll they have don't, they the, don't send the us right memos. starting pitcher. Yeah. Um, Tuesday, Otani Day. How about that against Jamison Tyone? Oh, that should be fun. How about yep. that? The Yankee Yankee big sluggers against Otani. What do you expect there? Was there, Would there ever be a situation where you would sit Otani the pitcher? Is this it? On that day where Otani faces the Yankees and he doesn't have his stuff, I'm totally sitting him. He did get hit Very by a helpful, pitch right? in the hand over the weekend. So yeah. seriously, I wonder if he makes the start. They're saying he will. It's very interesting how they treat Otani. Like, there's no kid gloves here. Like, he bats all the time, played the field a few times. He pitches a ton. Like, they, they, it's really – like, he got hit in the hand. Like, if Justin Turner got hit in the hand, they'd pull him out, but not Otani. For most seriousness, two things on that. The Angels don't have any pitchers to fill the rotation spots right now. They're in a tough spot because they've got guys on the COVID list or are dealing with other injuries. Dylan Bundy went on there, too. You got to use them. There is always the risk that the Yankees get to him. They did that before. He had one of those ugly games earlier in the year where the Yankees did hit him and he didn't have any of his command. And maybe that happens here. But I say, you. I mean, you got to start him for every start, don't you? I agree. And I think there will be in the new CBA a 50-man roster instead of 40-man roster because several teams just don't have enough players. And it's not because of COVID. It's because of the way they they built their rosters. Phillies are another one of them. They don't have enough players. Jorge Bonifacio, they keep DFAing him, and then he starts in center field, and that's sixth. 
they don't have enough players in the organization to get through the season. And the Angels are definitely one of them as well. Any other pitchers here that look interesting? Blake Snell's at Arizona. I'm not a Blake Snell guy. Blake Snell and, and uh, Pavetta for me, I'm just, you know, out, you know, forever. Um, but maybe you feel differently against Zach Gallon, who I believe we spoke about on the last show. Yeah. Gallon, or, like Gallon versus Snell. Who are you taking? That's taking Gallon. That's a, I, I don't know. I don't, I think it's a little tougher than that. I think it's closer. Well, I didn't say it wasn't close. I just, I, I, I don't think Blake Snell is going five innings. Snell's your National League Nick Pavetta. I get it. Am I wrong? I mean, once in a while, well, I, you get I think you're more outs. wrong. I definitely think you're more wrong on Snell than you are on Pavetta, but I, you're, you're raising a fair point that he is not a guy you can trust to the level he's rostered. Wednesday, this early afternoon action. Um, ESPN Plus is Aaron Nola, who I'm not rooting for, against Paolo Espino. Get the shot. Um, later in the day, Max Scherzer, who I just traded for in an important league that you're not in, but Kyle is. Um, I paid a lot for Scherzer here. Um, basically, my last two good prospects, which were um, Belozovic of the Twins. Oh, I traded Hunter Green. I traded. Oh, wow. I, I decided to go for it in a league where I'm in third place. And the chance of me catching the first place guy in this points league is pretty slim. I think that guy listens to the show as well, Scott. And I'm like 500 points back on a points league. And I thought, you know, every time Scherzer pitches, he's like 40 or 50 points. Mm -hmm. So I traded Hunter Green to get Scherzer. And Scherzer's price is so high that I probably can't keep him. Would you have done that? And what do you expect? I I expect every outing for Scherzer to be great now. I do. You know I'd have done that. Because we were here a year ago. We were here a year ago, and the guy you were offering me in that situation was Sixto Sanchez. But you said so, no, didn't you? I did say no. And it was, I mean, in some ways, it was the right decision to say no because I it's believe, never the right decision because we have no yeah, idea. I don't agree with you. That's, Why? Because look what happened to Sixto Sanchez. He didn't even pitch this year. You can't tell me what Hunter Green's going to do in 2022. You can't. You can't tell me he makes 10 starts, zero, or 20. And pitch effectively. You're making my case, though, that, that I said no to trading Scherzer away for Sixto Sanchez. He's provided nothing this year, so it was the right move. Oh, I thought you were that. trying to make the opposite case. Oh, no, 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 but no, You no. weren't I a contender told, last year. You were making a case for me with Sixto Sanchez that wasn't totally rational. And if Scherzer was a keepable guy coming into the season, then it was worth keeping him around for that. But I agree with you that every time, if you can catch in that chip and get the guy who's going to give you these numbers, do it each time. I know why you made that offer. You should have. I just wasn't taking it. Uh, If you have a chance to still make trades and you can trade away a prospect for a guy like Scherzer, you do it every time right Right. now. Right. I'm talking about the other side. Yeah. No. I, well, I mean, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> the other right, side. That's what I mean. We're like you and I would not make I'm that dealing with this now. <laughs> I have a football draft coming up this week and the guy who runs that league in Canada also listens to the show, I think. I don't know why. And I traded away Justin Herbert, who was easily the best keeper in that league last year to get Derrick Henry for the final four weeks. I was in first place. Derrick Henry was a great December player and I lost my first playoff game. And it wasn't because of Derrick Henry. But now I don't have Justin Herbert. I have no good keepers. That's that's the way it goes. And I don't really feel guilty about it. I took yeah. a shot. I went for it and it didn't pan out. Yeah. So be it. I have no idea what we were talking about. Got to take Wednesday. a chance when you can. Uh, Chris Sale and Garrett Cole are both in action on Wednesday. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, I actually think they're... They pushed what? him back a day. They gave Sale the extra day's rest again. And my understanding is this is the final time that's happening. Uh, Carlos Carrasco at home against Miami. So I watched a bit of Carrasco in his last outing. Uh, mm-hmm. He gave up a home run to Chris Bryant in the first inning and then nothing else. Mm-hmm. I was like, why did I keep you know Carrasco in this one league that you and I are in with Davey? And now Carrasco pitched six shutout innings. It didn't put anybody on base. He looked great. Now are you buying Carlos Carrasco for the final month? No, but I'm completely buying for this outing because Miami is one of those offenses that belongs in that same category. You're talking about Pittsburgh, Miami's down there. Uh, Detroit against righties definitely falls in that. Why aren't you buying Carrasco for September? What is it? Is it, is it there's a Mets? Is it injuries? Is it what? There is a, there is a, at least for you, you, like you mentioned, you watched that game. I did not see the one you're talking about. There is a level of inconsistency in the Carrasco that I've been watching that I cannot trust him against tougher offenses. I need to see him do something more against non-Miami. You know, another reason why I'm always willing to trade a pitching prospect. So on Wednesday night, Mitch Keller is at the White Sox. Remember how mm-hmm. great Mitch Keller was in the minor leagues? And we thought yep. this is going to be a top 20 fantasy starting pitcher. And he is mm-hmm. not a top 20. He's terrible. And he has two pitches. 
and he's not getting away with it, and he's going to end up in a bullpen, even Pittsburgh's. And I don't remember if I I had I had shares of Mitch Keller everywhere two three years ago, and I hope I traded him away for stuff to win now. I do. Yep. I was by the way that was another a year ago. I was being offered Keller for rental pieces and turned it down because I just didn't think there was anything special enough there. But always trade the prospect if you can get somebody who puts you over the top. Another guy this year like that is Jackson Coar. So you're you're thinking that Coar is the next Keller? No, I'm saying that if you had a guy like that and you could use the chip to get something more proven now, that's another example from this year alone that shows make the trade. And the risk always is that what? This becomes an ace. This becomes Walker Bueller. Sure. Sure. But if you are getting an ace, somebody who you know can help you today, which Coer is not. Right, but it's a rental. Like if you're renting Scherzer for the final five weeks of the season and you're trading away Hunter Green, there's a lot of risk that blows up in my face. There is. Or it could go the Sixto Sanchez route because Hunter Green has dealt with some injuries in his career. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that guy throws 102, 103. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that Michael scares Kopech me. Michael Kopech falls into that. Kopech, who's now a reliever, but maybe a starter next year. Who would you re- – so, say Kopech and Alex Reyes both make their rotations next year. Are either in your top 50 starting pitchers? Probably not. And I think Kopech would be closer. I – I don't have a lot of rationale as to why that would be. I, I really don't. I, I That's gut feel. Fair enough. Let's bring in Kyle now. He's always rational. Uh, he's got trivia and hash browns, I believe. Kyle, what you got? Some would argue the ration part of this. We've had far too much Tyler Chatwood talk for... He just got DFA'd again. I know. Oh, you for know you what? Can... I wanted to tell you. So I have a, I have a, a sim league, and yeah. I probably should figure out where it is and plug it. Um, Dynasty League Baseball. All right, which is very good. Steve Gardner and I play in a league with Mike Shalinski's uh, site. And I had to use Tyler Chatwood as a spot starter last night. And it actually went well. He pitched six innings. He had 14 strikeouts with Whoa. nary a walk. And in the no sixth, walks. no wow. walks and 14 strikeouts. This is based on his 2020 numbers, actually. How many okay? pitches did he throw? Yeah. Um, it doesn't keep track of pitches, but. He pitched fine, and he, and finally in the sixth fine? inning, in the sixth inning he gave up three runs. So I lost the game three nothing. He pitched five shot innings, fourteen strikeouts, ran out of gas in the sixth inning. But I can't complain because I'm just trying to get through the season. I'm not playing. So he got fifteen outs for you, and fourteen were via strikeout. <laughs> he got eighteen outs, and oh, you said, okay, through five innings, yes. he had fourteen strikeouts. Though? It was, and then he, 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 I don't even think he allowed a hit till the fifth or sixth inning. But then, like, single, double error, you know, my team, Alec Bones oh at third God. base. But, I yeah, I was like, hey, that's amazing. Tyler Chadwood gave me six fairly decent innings here with a I ton of strikeouts. I didn't score any runs. But, um, anyway. You can't control <laughs> that. That's amazing. I I, I, I hope I made your day there by time. Yeah, I don't know if we need trivia hash browns or anything. I don't know if we need a podcast the rest of the way. Like, is it going to get better than that? It's, this feels like his two starts from whenever it was last year where he was the hot pickup everywhere and he was good for a minute. And that was amazing. And you just let me relive that. Thank you, Eric. I appreciate I'm it. always here for you, Kyle. You're, you're our guardian of the galaxy, whatever that means. <laughs> you got my back. We'll go with some trivia here. Last September, we got September coming up here on uh, Wednesday. Last September, three players under the age of 25 had an OPS North of a thousand in the month alone. Juan Soto, Ronald Acuna, the two easy ones. I want you to give me the third one after hash browns. I have two guesses. I got one guess. Tristan's going to go first. You know the rules of the game. Dylan, uh, any sort of confidence in Cortez, Josiah Gray, or Ranger Suarez the rest of the way? Uh, I don't know anybody named Cortez. Oh, Nestor Cortez. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, no. I was trying to think, like, who, who is that? Um, Josiah Gray looks good. The last I lo- – and he's facing the Phillies – who, by the way, are throwing out there like a, a double, a triple A lineup. Other than Bryce Harper, who leads baseball in OPS, and my mother still hates him, but he leads baseball in OPS. That this offense is nothing. I mean, like Brad Miller, Didi Gregorius, they played Harry Bonifacio. I, they like this. I mean, it's bad. I want to look up Gray here because the last I checked, almost all of the runs allowed for him were on home runs. Like he's giving he up a home run in yeah. Philly. He's giving up. He's given up. Wow. Tristan, yeah. have you ever seen this before? He's given up 15 earned runs a season and 12 home runs. Have you ever seen that before? A ratio like that? No, that's 
pretty absurd. I mean, when we mentioned he was the three true outcome pitcher when he, uh, the day after, I think his first outing, but that's pretty, uh, that's pretty absurd. <laughs> that's all the runs he's allowing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Dave Bush used to do. Like, tell me, like, uh, here's my, here's my real life thing here on Josiah Gray. He's probably giving up 30 home runs next season and 30 starts, but he may have like a 1.12 whip while doing it. Because if and a 375 year rate, which right now seems well, actually, his current numbers seem okay 375 year rate, 1.19 whip. I wonder he if next year have, he's that guy. Yeah, he could have 185 Ks in those 30 starts, too. Yeah, that's but if he, all the runs are home runs, like Josiah Gray deserves you know yeah. our interest. I I worry about projecting 30 starts from based on the injury pattern he had early in the year. That's the only thing I'm, I'm actually more bothered by that than the homers for next season. I'm saying, right. And I'm sure Washington will be careful. They're not contending next season, but Gray's the only one I would even consider. Would you consider Nestor Ranger Suarez has like a 150 ERA, but he doesn't deserve it. Not a hard thrower getting some luck. And at some point the defense will let him down. And a lot of that ERA was out of the bullpen as a closer. Um, and I see him pitch and I'm like, I don't know how he's getting away with this, but he's, you know, it's not going to continue. And Nestor Cortez, same thing. So I would say gray first and the other two, Suarez would be second for me. I would have the same order. The best I can say for Suarez is the next game is in Miami. Love that. Uh, Cortez, the reason that he's getting by now is there is a hint of elevated fastball velocity and the fastball is performing great. It's a lot of batted ball luck though. He's, he's serviceable. He's filling a role until Luis Severino's back. You really think that's going to happen? That is the Yankees' plan. I am delivering you the information that has been delivered. Well, plans. I mean, you tell me. You, <laughs> that's why you I'm have... delivering it as the information that was delivered. I'm not saying that I right. think you're in a 12 team <laughs> league and you have an open bench slash DL slot. Are you yeah. actually adding Luis Severino right now? I mean, if I have an open spot, sure. I, there might be something else out there that's better than that, but I'm not going to just leave that spot blank. All right, well, that doesn't really answer my question either. I'm not excited. I don't. I'm not optimistic. You're asking, am I optimistic? Kluber or Severino or Syndergaard? You have to pick the guy that's back, right, Kluber? (laughs) But that's not addressing the IL spot. I mean, it's Kluber, Severino, Syndergaard. All right. I don't. Sever. Syndergaard's a no for me at this point. He was just told not to throw sliders. I'm out. I'm, I'm. I'm out for his career. I mean, I was out before. I was out wow. two years ago. Wow. I was out two years ago. Like, like, can't stay healthy. He and Severino, they can't stay healthy. Why am I investing? I'm not. By the way, Ranger Suarez has a 244 batter. He's getting away with luck this season. I don't know how he's getting away with it, considering the left side of the infield is the worst in history, but he's getting away with it. Yeah. All right. The fact that he's even starting with any sense of competency is amazing, that he was a closer six weeks ago or whatever it was. Well, he shouldn't have been a closer either. He was a no. wingman, middle guy. I agree. But yeah. versatility is cool to see, if nothing else. David wants a name game for Patrick Wisdom for next season. Oh, jeez. For next season. What do we even know what the Cubs lineup is going to look like next season? We don't even, even know if he's a like Cub. I don't, even, right. I, don't, I don't think he's even like like – he's probably on like a one-year contract, right? I mean, there's no way he's got a multi-year contract. He was probably on a minor league deal that didn't even have a major league guarantee on it. So I don't yeah. even know what the terms are. Yeah, he's on a one-year deal and he's 30 right now. So, I mean, look, give Wisdom and Schwindel, who, by the way, continues to hit. I, I know it was a ridiculous guy. argument, guy. but Schwindel versus Yelich is not a blow away, a blowout right now. <laughs> he's arbitration really... control. They they have control of him. All right. So say Patrick Wisdom is their cleanup hitter and first baseman next season or third baseman. Uh, you know, you could you could Christian Walker this and say Patrick Wisdom hits 30 home runs next year and bats 250. I, I wouldn't say no to that. He's got 25 home runs and 278 plate appearances. My goodness. He could hit 50 there, homers. There are really two ways you could go on this one. One is how do you feel as a Cubs fan if he's their cleanup man and first baseman? And the other is what if he's the new Adam Duvall? I think that makes perfect sense. I do. I think Christian Walker, Adam Duvall, guys like right-handed guys who kind of got left, you know. I mean, Duvall did, didn't go back to the minors and didn't waste time like Walker did. But he had one period there where he struggled and he did. But it was Triple like A first base types like uh-huh. this. You know, I know Duvall's an outfitter, but yeah, I could see Patrick Wisdom being the next Adam Duvall. That's a perfect comp. 
They, per- they mash, never had a chance, got a chance, did it with a team that gave them the opportunity. And then they, I mean, maybe they, he finds it somewhere else, but. But the downside is Christian Walker too. Got 220 with 10 home runs and can't, you know, can't keep a job. But would Walker's comp be the year he got the job and then broke through the year that you predicted him? Or you're I talking think about where broke he- through this year. Wisdom broke through this year. He's got 25 homers in 75 games. That's ridiculous. Right, but Walker had contributions for a two-year period. So do we have a second year for Wisdom and then he's done? All right, let's put it this way. Patrick Patrick Wisdom and Adam Duvall are both going to end up being ranked in our top 300 next year if Wisdom has a job. They're not guys you target or covet, but you draft them. Your last outfielder, your your last utility infielder, sure. So... As you head into the offseason today with the information we have, are you really ranking him in your top 300? I think if I rank I think based on the fact he's going to finish the season with 30 home runs, we have to. I mean, let's put it this way. We're going to rank Fran Moraes in round 10. We're not going to rank Patrick Wisdom. I'm not comparing their skill sets, but I'm saying their overall numbers are not that much different, dude. That's what I'm. That's the point I'm making. On every show, I do a ridiculous. I was going to say the whole Matt Walsh or Olson Walsh thing again. The Olson Walsh, which doesn't look ridiculous, and Schwindel Yelich, which based on the numbers, Yelich hasn't homered other than that one game, and he's not running either. And Schwindel continues to get a hit or two every game. The point here is, yes, Patrick Wisdom. In round 22, next season, if he's a starter for the Cubs or another team, yeah, I'll, I think that makes sense. I do. Over Franmel? No, I mean, of course he's not. He's saying over Franmel at cost. At I'm cost. Some value cost. If you tell me next year that Franmel hits 32 home runs about 250 and Patrick Wisdom, we're going to project to do the same thing and, and he's not going to get drafted, that's ridiculous. I see your point, but the basement on wisdom is considerably oh, low absolutely not the yeah. same i mean he's up but in he's, round 22 i don't care he's with 40 percent of the time he's come to the plate that is astronomical oh i think and, he might hit 220 next year i think there's just huge risk of that right yes. like I'm, I'm just saying the two of, even the two of them with what we know about framel he misses a lot their k rates are nowhere near each other I'm not saying he's going to do what Framel's doing, but I'm saying the projection may yeah. be pretty similar, and the value of a 23rd round pick is just fine. My point about that is it's difficult to project where wisdom fits on a team next year because you probably yeah, shouldn't know have right. him as your starter. Oh, you probably okay. shouldn't be. You probably shouldn't. Yes, I will give you that. But I don't think the Cubs have enough minor leaguers to fill a, a lineup next season as of now. I don't know why they'd promote Brennan Davis right away. So they're gonna they're they're gonna mix and match, and there's no reason why Schwindel and Wisdom, based on arbitration right. and contracts, wouldn't be part of that team. Right. They have control on them. There's no reason to let them go. Yeah. All right. Great. Two more quick questions here. First one's from Greg. He wants to know if there's anything there in Daniel Lynch or Carlos Hernandez the rest of the way. And a points format he wants to add. I mean, I think there's something there with Lynch. I, they're not the same here. They're not the same type of prospect, right? I mean, Lynch is still young. Um, I think he's the the young lefty, right? I think I saw him at Wilmington once. And he's still walking people, but (laughs) he's pitched well in the past couple of weeks. Low ERA, um, the walks are still out. It's three walks every outing. That's a problem. But he's 24. I don't feel the same way about Carlos Hernandez. But if if Lynch next season, like could Andrew Heaney his way into a 425 ERA and 135 whip? Okay, I could see that with strikeout potential. I could see that. Mm You know, I'm trying to figure what it is that would get uh, Lynch up to that point. I, he's got the highest ceiling of those prospects. I'd have actually ar- argue that uh, Chris Bubich's ceiling is higher than Carlos Hernandez's is, is for this Hernandez year. Hernandez has a ceiling. I right, don't think they view him as a prospect. When they brought him up initially, he was a filler kind of guy more than being a prospect. And he's part of their regular rotation now. But they just – wasn't it the other day they like threw Rangers, him in relief? He's the, le- he's the AL Ranger Suarez. Like there's no – like the Phillies did not expect Ranger Suarez to make the team. He didn't right. make the team. The, what were you saying? The hook on the rest of the year is the schedule. There will be some streaming opportunities, but I'd be doing it freely off the waiver wire. I wouldn't put any investment in them. I agree. Okay, like that last one. Show wants to know how much of an impact do you anticipate putting into the 2020 numbers for 2020? Oh, my goodness. 2022 <laughs> projections. Not- a lot of 20s in there. Yeah, it's a weird – For me, it's – we have short season. Are Tristan you- and Zola, you know, they do projections, so he should answer the question. To me, I don't care about last year right now. 
I didn't for this year. Is that because um, it's pandemic affected or is that just how you do things? No, it's because if this year stopped on June 1st, the numbers wouldn't have mattered. Look how much they've changed in the past, you know, two, three months. Last year was a two month season. You can't properly evaluate anything over a two month season. So I wouldn't do it. And we've seen a lot of the guys last year that played really well, didn't play really well this year for a reason. It takes six months to make, we have five months of, of numbers this baseball season, but I bet if I look at ADP, there's going to be players that we all overrated based on last year. And I don't want to do that again. So I'm not going to even look, but Tristan is going to answer something different. Not that different. No. Um, if you go by, I mean, the, one of the most basic projection systems is Marcel, and that's usually either 20% on the season three ago, 30% two ago, 50% last year. And that's generally the model I start from. 30% weight on 2020 is going to be like nothing. What, what would that, that would be 18 games worth in the weight. That tells you all you need to know. I'm, I mean... You're not going to project it to 162 and take a three-year average, are you? No, right. I think that's kind of his question. Is if you were normally a past three years guy when trying to project things, how much differently is yeah, projecting 2022 going into a normal it's, season? It's a good question because – I like it. I'll talk to Todd. We're going to have to put weights on that, but I think the weights are going to be that 2019 actually has a little bit more relevance – than 2020 does. And I think either of those two years is going to be the tales they tell us, not the stats themselves. I'm with Eric. I think, I think it's almost entirely about 2021. I, I, you know what? Like the New York first baseman, Dom Smith, Luke Voigt went off last season in that, in that two month period. And they, they're not going off this season. I, I just think there's a big difference. I, and I, I believed in both of them and now I don't. Don't you think that that's that's something you can glean from that? They didn't do it this year. Injuries. It's not just injuries. Dom different reasons. It's, it's different. Well, Dom Smith, I don't think his injuries. He doesn't have that excuse. Voight does, but that doesn't help his cause. It's been multiple injuries. I mean, so, yeah, you're can, right. DJ LeMayo, how can we ever look at him the same again? I, I don't know how. Yeah, we I don't know. We're not, we're not on the same page there. We talked about that last year. He's not hitting 360 <laughs> next year. You're... <laughs> It's like I don't, it's like I don't even know you. You are the guy who says you can't just take one year. And by the way, it's not like LeMay has been a complete disaster. He's been a major disappointment, but not a complete disaster. What are you going to project in the bat next year? 285, maybe. 340 on base. Probably could get in the 14 homer range. Going to be a lot of runs then because you'll lead off for the Yankees. 105 runs. Good player, not not what he was coming into this year. All right, Kyle. What about you? I think that's reasonable. I think it's re- I thought you were going to say three hundred, but I, I, no. I'm glad you didn't. But fourteen yeah. home runs is fine. I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with a hundred runs. I'm fine with all, what you said. I just didn't think you were going to say that. But I can't project Dom Smith to hit twenty five home runs next year again because he didn't do it this year. He, he looks Agreed. terrible. Agreed. And now I, I don't want to forget what he did for the adjustments of the previous two seasons, but I'm with you. We can't, he needs to prove it again. And don't give me this is because he's playing left field junk. I don't no. want to hear it. Nope. It's not why he's not hitting. Stop it with that. Okay. All right. That's all. We got some good hash runs there. Back to trivia. There were three players under the age of 25 to have an OPS north of 1000 last September. Acuna and Soto are two of them. Who's the third? Tristan, give me your first guess. The one that'll be wrong, because Eric always gets it right after that, uh, Rosarena. Mm, no dice. Okay, I want to know, Eric, was Rosarena one of your guesses? And if not, who are your two? No, he's not one of them. He didn't do it till October. <laughs> no, he actually, right. he was excellent in September. He was excellent in September. I have two guesses. October. One is the enemy of the show, the guy who played 10 games this year. Okay, I know Mon- Monesty went nuts last September. Oh! With well, the combo meals, but he's not He's not, not right. Yes. So right. the other one has to be the guy who won the rookie, Cabrian Hayes. Cabrian Hayes is oh, correct. Cabrian Hayes, nicely you done. Yeah. Can't stop Eric Carabell. I'll get him one of these times. Monty did not have a thousand OPS last September. No, he, he, no chance. He he's like not an OPS. He's not an OPS guy. I think he, he never should look that. Nope. I he slugged like six fifty, man. He had like a two eighty on base. Not in September, he didn't. Yeah, he did. It was ten seventy five, but he might be too old. Oh, see, he did have a ten. He did have a thousand OPS. 
Oh, yeah. Kyle might be not wrong. T- not eleven twenty. He didn't have eleven twenty. <laughs> Isn't eleven twenty was the question? Eleven twenty four. No, eleven twenty four was yeah. Hey, There's no way Mondesi is ever getting an eleven twenty four OPS. We've known that since the day Mondesi- the show dawned. <laughs> yeah. Mondesi was 25, and I said under 25. So you lose on that. But Brian, Brian man, he's, what a right disappointment. Like, he's really disappointed me. I'm, I, I agree. I look. What is he next year? What is I, Brian Hayes? Uh, that's the thing. Let you, you, if you judged him based off, based off last season, now look at it. He's not even, even hit just, 10 home runs. Even just pedigree, right? I mean, he came up with such promise and then delivered. So, like, you can't say that 2020 is complete garbage for a guy like that, but so young and I don't know. He's don't done know. everything he was supposed to do, and that is defend excellently. Sure. And all yeah, the rest is bonus. Doesn't help us. He, yeah, but no, he was supposed to hit 275 with 18 to 20 home runs. He's not going to do even close. Right. That. Yes. Now, I hate talking about this guy because he's the one I said don't draft in the beginning of the year. And now I'm like, now I kind of want him because he's going to be forgotten by people. I, I like your projection numbers. I still think he could get there next season. I don't that know exact we, line. But do we even rank a Brian Hayes next year? Can you all right, let me let me put this right? Maybe not. Can you even can you take a Brian Hayes over Patrick Wisdom next year at third base? I don't know how you can. I it that's sounds a, ridiculous. I know. That's a great question. But I mean, is it Pat, Patrick Wisdom feels like a 30 homer guy who bats 240, and I don't think a Brian Hayes. I mean, if Brian Hayes had stayed healthy this year, he's probably a little better with the hitting stats. And then this is a slam dunk. And because he missed time, that's the setback here. I mean, I want to project Brian Hayes to be like Gio Urshela, hit for a decent average Mm -hmm. of 20 home runs, but I can't even, I don't know. But that's not where he's being drafted. No one drafted him. Oh, no, no. The two two Pennsylvania third basemen were overdrafted, and I did it too. I have a keeper league, a 16 team keeper, and I kept Brian Hayes and Alec Bowman. Somehow I'm contending. And they've given me nothing. You know, I was with you, but I had him as a farm guy for free. So <laughs> I, I, I can't complain. <laughs> All right, we're done for today. Thank you so much for listening to our little fantasy-focused baseball podcast. We really do appreciate it. August will end, and we will be back on September 2nd, which is Thursday. The fantasy football season, of course, starts – well, it ne- never ends. But uh, the guys and gal are doing fantasy-focused football uh, five days a week. So they'll be talking about the Baltimore running back situation and lots of other stuff there. Our fantasy focused baseball is presented by LinkedIn jobs for Kyle Soppy and Tristan. Happy Cockcroft. I'm Eric Carabell. Have an awesome week.